Lord, we just thank you for this day. We thank you for your love, your care, and, and all that you show us. We ask that you guide and lead us as we open the study today, as we open the new book of Leviticus, and, and have what you want us to learn in your son's name. Amen. Amen. All right. We're starting the book of Leviticus tonight. We're going to give a little bit of background on it just so we can understand what it, where we're at. Leviticus is also called the third book of Moses. Uh, Moses, of course, wrote the five books of the Pentateuch. That's Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. And this is the third book. Ex uh, Leviticus is primarily about holiness, how to walk in holiness, and how to have access to God. And we're going to see that as we go through the different uh, sacrifices and see how Jesus fulfilled, the, fulfilled his part of the feast sacrifices and, and how he's seen in each of the uh, rites that bring us uh, into holy walking. Uh, we're going to learn a lot about sacrifices. And, and who knows what, a sacri what sacrifice means? Anybody? Anybody have an idea what sacrifice means? Giving up something you want to somebody you'd rather have, have it. Mm, that's kind of an interesting definition. Giving up your sin. Giving, giving up. Giving up your sin to God so you could be free. Okay, well, that's... In the Hebrew, it means to give up something or to lose something. Okay. Um, so when Paul says that we are a living sacrifice, that we're to give ourselves as a living sacrifice, we're to give up our control of our body to God. So we're going to look at these first, and Leviticus starts with five sacrifices, and they're really our, our relationship to God represented in them and through Jesus. The book breaks out in basically four parts. You're going to find different definitions, but the way I look at it, four parts. The first one is the first five sacrifices. These are the sacrifices that people made to God. Three of them are voluntary and two of them are mandatory. We're going to look at some of the, the laws about holiness. We'll look at the five feast days that were spe specified by God and we'll look at how they all show Jesus. And then just general instructions to the Jews. Now, Leviticus by many is considered to be a boring book. <laughs> I hope that at the end of this, you're not, never going to think of Leviticus as a boring book ever again, if you're one of those that think of it as a boring book. Because we're going to see things in it that you have not ever seen. We're going to see Jesus all over here. It's a very deep book. It, it, it takes time to study. It takes time to get into it. Um, and we're going to get to see how we are... Uh, seen by God and how to serve God through, through the book of Leviticus. So I hope everybody's ready for the challenge. I am. You are. I know you are. You were, you were telling me you're excited about it. So. Me too. All right. Le whoops. I just put everybody's coffee. Moving no, out. you didn't. Oh, okay. Leviticus chapter 1. And I'm probably going to read the whole chapter because I plan to get through this chapter tonight. I hope. And the Lord called unto Moses and spake unto him out of the tabernacle of the congregation, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel and say unto them, If any man of you bring an offering unto, unto the Lord, you shall bring your offering of cattle, even of the herd and of the flock. If his offering be a burnt sacrifice of the herd, let him offer a male without blemish. He shall offer it of his own voluntary will at the door of the tabernacle, of the congregation before the Lord. And he shall put his hands upon the head of the burnt offering, and it shall be accepted for him to make atonement for him. And he shall kill the bullock before the Lord, and the priest Aaron's son shall bring the blood and sprinkle the blood around about the altar, and by the, and, and that is by the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. And he shall flay the burnt offering and shall cut it up into his pieces, and the sons of Aaron the priest shall put fire upon the altar and lay the wood in order upon the fire. And the priest Aaron's son shall lay the parts, the head, the fat in order upon the wood that is in the fire which is upon the altar. But his inwards and his legs shall he wash in water. The priest shall burn all, the, all on the altar to be a burnt offering, the offering made by fire of a sweet savor unto the Lord. 
And if his offering be of the flocks, namely the sheep or the goats, for a burnt sacrifice, he shall bring it to the, bring a male without blemish, and he shall kill it on the side of the altar northward before the Lord. And the priest Aaron's sons shall sprinkle the blood about the altar. And he shall cut it up in its pieces with, it, with his head and his fat. And the priest shall lay them in order on the wood that is on the fire, which is upon the altar. And he shall wash the innards and the legs with water. And the priest shall bring all and burn it upon the altar. It is a burnt sacrifice, an offering made by fire, a sweet savor unto the Lord. And if the burnt sacrifice of his offering to the Lord be of fowls, then he shall bring his offering of turtle doves or of young pigeons. And the priest shall bring it to the altar, ring, the, ring off its head, and bring, bring it, burn it on the altar, and the blood thereof shall be wrung out on the sides of the altar. And he shall pluck away his crop of, with his feathers, and the east, and the east, and excuse me, and cast it beside the altar on the east part, by the place of the ashes. And he shall cleave it with, with the wings thereof, but shall not divide it asunder. And the priest shall burn it upon the altar, upon the wood that is upon the fire. It is a burnt sacrifice, an offering made of fire, a sweet savor unto the Lord. All right. So we're going to look at this burnt sacrifice. Now, the burnt sacrifice is a totally all-consumed sacrifice. No, the people didn't get a part of it. The priest did not get a part of it. It was a total sacrifice. It is a picture of Jesus' total sacrifice for us. And it is also, when, we, or when they were told to do it, it is a picture of making a commitment to God and to be totally committed to him. So we're going to look at this, and we're going to look at this uh, offering and take a picture of what it is. It's, it's total submission to God. And the Lord called to Moses and spake out of, unto him out of the tabernacle of the congregation, saying, we're going to stop there for a moment because we're going to place Leviticus in, in where it's at. Okay, we know that it is beyond Exodus. And how do we know that it's beyond Exodus? Does anybody have any clue? What did we talk about last week? Huh? It's an ex book. <laughs> All the books do not necessarily go in chronological order in the Bible. <laughs> what happened last at the end of Exodus we talked about last week? What did they do? The Lord was upon the tabernacle by day and fire was on it by night in the sight of all the house of Israel throughout all their journeys. Okay, but what did they do? The, the last chapter was all about them doing what? Putting up. Raising up the tabernacle. Okay, so we know that this is happening at the time that the tabernacle, and then you read the part there, it said that God has descended upon the tabernacle in the cloud, and he's speaking to them from the cloud. We know that the longest period after the erection of the tabernacle that this could be would be 49 days. And that will come from Numbers 10, 11, because that is when the, the cloud comes off the tabernacle, and they start wandering. What? Deuteronomy? Deuter Deuter uh, numbers. numbers. Did I say Deuteronomy? No, you said Numbers. Okay. Numbers 10, 11. And that tells us that it was one, the second month of the 20th, 20th day of the second month that they, the cloud lifted and they started their traveling. So the book of Leviticus at the longest covers 49 days. And it could be any place less than 49 days. Okay? Uh, and it's going to take us longer than 49, 49 uh, uh, days to get it studied. And it says, verse 2, Speak to the children of Israel and say unto them, If any man of you bring an offering unto the Lord, he shall bring the offering of the cattle, even of the herd of, and the flock. Okay, so this has an if, so we want to say, what does that mean? It means that this is voluntarily, this is a voluntary offering for him. I also have found that this burnt offering is also the only offering that a Gentile could bring to the gate of the tabernacle or the temple and offer. Not that they ever did or, or took advantage of it, but, and I, and I read a lot of Christian sites that kept saying that, and I had to get into the Jewish sites to find out if it was true, and sure enough, I got into them and found out this was an offering that, the, that a Gentile could bring to the gate and make an offering of. But why were they right. Well, I don't know why, but it's, it, it shows, though, the picture of it is the universality of total devotion to God. 
and submission to God. And because this is the one offering that is showing submission, it is, it's a free will. Anybody can do it of their own free will and say, I want to be submitted to God. I want to be totally cons consumed by God and be used by him. Okay, so it's the universality. You're right, as far as most Jews, you know, most you know, Gentiles, why would they even care? You know, why would they go up to the tabernacle or the temple and make the sacrifice before God? But it, and that was what most of the Jewish books said. It, it has been available, but nobody has, in, in record, has ever done it. Ruth would have. Well, Ruth was, a, was by uh, proselyte became a Jew. Mm -hmm. But that, that would be a Gentile that, uh, especially if she had been a man, she would have wanted to do it. Yeah, it's possible. It's possible. So, but if you just want to bring, this is a universal one. This is a call universally. This sacrifice was universal. Okay, and it shows the universal call of God. And it says that the offering will be brought from your cattle, even the herd and the flock. So you're not going to bring it from somebody else's flock. It's going to be your sacrifice. And we, and we kind of think about this, you know, this is, you know, saying that sounds kind of silly, but yet at the same time, you know, there are people who would just go out and buy anything or, or make it, some, you know, buy, buy a cow or, or, or a sheep on their way and not burn their own sacrifice. It has to be something that they owned. If his offering be a burnt sacrifice of the herd, now we're going to start this. There's three different distinct burnt offerings and they're re related to how well off you were. If you were well off and you had a herd of cattle, you were supposed to make it of your cattle. If you were less wealthy and all you had was sheep and goats, then you would make it of the sheep and goats. If you were really poor but you still wanted to offer a sacrifice, you would go get a turtle dove or a, or a pigeon. And remember, one of the reasons we know that Jesus was from a poor family was why? Pigeons. He, they offered turtle doves or pigeons when they consecrated him on his... In, in the temple. So we know that his family was a poor family. So God makes provisions, but there's slight differences between the offering that we're going to look at on these as we go along. If his offering be a burnt sacrifice of the herd, let him be offer a male without blemish. He shall offer it of his own volition at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation before the Lord. Okay, so he's to bring a male. So it has to be a male because it is a picture of Jesus without blemish. No, no broken bones, no, no scars, no cuts. It has to be a healthy, you know, healthy um, cattle. And this means an ox or a bull. So, all right. And he's going to do it, and he's going to offer it because he wants to. Nobody can, nobody's holding a gun to his head. God's not telling him, you've got to make this burnt sacrifice. And the burnt sacrifices were done in the morning and in the evening. So you could go either, either time to, this, to, the, to the temple and the tabernacle and offer this sacrifice. So if you lived two weeks away and had to walk that far, you had to drag that cow that far. Mm -hmm. Okay. Or that's why they set up merchants at the temple. You, you know, he said, uh-uh. He said, yeah. had to come from your own Yeah, house. but that's why in Jesus' day, they just sold you the one at the temple. You know, they weren't following the whole rule on that, so. Okay, verse 4. And he shall put his hand on the head of the burnt offering, and it shall be accepted for him to make atonement for him. So this is, we're going to see this hand on the head of the animal later on, but it really signifies placing my life upon that sacrifice, my sin, my life, because this sacrifice is one of total submission and consuming of God. So I'm putting my hand on there and basically putting my life on the on that animal so that when it's burned, it's my life that is burn, burnt up. Did you say something like that on there? Oh, yeah, it says uh, transferring symbolically his guilt to the victim. Okay. And I think on this particular sacrifice, I think it's a lot more than guilt, even though it is part of that because it's to bring atonement. It is literally because this, this sacrifice is one of total 
consumption and submission. I believe it's more than just your, your sin that you were placing on him. You were placing symbolically your life upon this animal because it was a total submission to God that this burnt sacrifice made because there's a sin offering that's going to have the same process. Let, let me put myself on the head of this animal and so that all that sin will burn away and then what's left will be for you. Basically, it is the living sacrifice that Paul talks about. I'm putting my life upon this animal so that it can go and be sacrificed. And then I'm living for God. I'm, I'm submitting, I'm consuming, I want you to consume my life, God. But it is also to bring atonement. So sin is included in that. It is my whole life going upon this animal. And what does atonement mean? Forgiveness. Forgiveness, to be made one with, uh, to be... Yeah, at one mint is a, you know, if you pronounce it that way, it'll, you'll always remember what atonement is. At one mint. At, at, oh at one mint. Yeah, just break it up in a different way than we, than we, than we normally do. Uh, so it, it helps bring in, and then it says, he, now the, the thing about this is, who is this he that it's talking about? Is it the priest or it is the person bringing the sacrifice? The person bringing the sacrifice. Very good. I want to make sure we keep that in there. And he, in verse 5, shall kill the bullock before the Lord and the priest Aaron's son shall bring the blood and sprinkle the blood around about and upon the altar that is by the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. So what altar is this that's by the door of the tabernacle? The, uh, the, the, the where they burn the sacrifice. The brazen, the brazen altar. The brazen altar, that's where the sacrifices are gonna be burnt. It's not talking about the altar of incense. It's talking about the first one, the one that's closest to them when they come in. All right, so the, the man kills the animal. They drain the blood from the animal into, a, into some kind of container. The priests take it and sprinkle it all around, the, all around the altar. All right, we're getting a picture of this. And let's see. And it talks about it being a bullock, which means that it is a male. A, a male. <laughs> and it has to be a has to be a bull, basically a bull. It has to be a cow. It could be an ox in some definitions, but pretty much once you say bullock, they're usually talking about a steer, and a, a regular uh, cattle. Uh, let's see, they sprinkle it around about by the door. Verse 6, and he shall flay the burnt offering. Now, flay is a kind of an interesting word. Does anybody have any idea what flay means? It, like that. Huh? It doesn't mean to cut it. I used to think that flaying cut it, meant to cut. Well, flaying means that when you do it fish. It means to skin it. Okay, that's what flaying means in fish. They were to skin. The person who offered it had to skin this animal. I wondered if the fur got burned on that. They don't. You're going to find the skin goes out and gets burnt outside the, outside the city. Except in this case. Everything about us, my study on it, it doesn't say it in the scriptures here, but everything about the burnt offering, when they skinned this animal, the, the hide of the animal went to the priests. And the brazen labor. And we're back here at the brazen altar. Brazen altar. Okay. They can make shoes. They can make uh, things to carry things. This was, leather was very valuable. Yeah. And, you know, when you're, when you're offering a cow... You know, cow's hide is one of the best things to make things out of. It's it's a large large hide that can be made out of, it. and it, and so the priest would get the hide. The priest. Do the priest. Not the guy No, not the guy sacrificing. He's get he he doesn't get anything out of this sacrifice. He once he makes this burnt sacrifice, he is out a cow. Well, he has atonement. Well, yeah, he has really he has the sacrifice, the free will offering, the the atonement, the the picture of I'm, I'm, I'm making myself one with you, yes. But most of the sacrifices you're going to find out, somebody gets, some individual gets something out of the, out of the offering as well. So they get ripped off. <laughs> no, <laughs> the no. guy that gets... Well, he's getting, he's, he's showing himself to be totally consumed to God. Oh, okay. So it is the picture of what he's doing. All right, he shall flay the offering or, or skin it and cut it into pieces. So after he skinned it, now he cuts it into pieces. 
And I did a lot of research and there. I can find nothing about how it was cut into pieces. Uh, it might be something that's in some side book for the Levites or something, but uh, I'm sure that there was a proper way to do this because they would say that the, or the pieces were ordered on the altar and we're going to see that they were ordered there. So there had to be some procedure on how to cut this animal up. Abraham had a certain way he had to cut that lamb for God to walk between and then devour him with fire. Mm -hmm. He did yeah. devour that with fire, didn't he? He walked between the pieces. And when he did, they burn up. I don't remember that, but I, he I walked between the pieces, which was a sign of a covenant. I wasn't telling you. I was asking. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember if the pieces were burnt or not. Verse 7, And the sons of Aaron the priest shall put the fire on the altar, and lay wood in order on the, wall, on the fire, and the priest Aaron's son shall lay the parts, the head, the fat, in order upon the wood that is on the fire that, that, which is upon the altar. So they're going to start with putting the head, all the fat, and you're going to find the fat is always offered to God on these things. And the... Uh, and then the, the head and the fat on, in order. It says, but his inwards and his legs he shall wash in water. Okay, anybody have any idea? We've talked about water before. What does this mean? It cleanses. It cleanses, but what else? What does water symbolize? We talked about this, about the, la the, 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 the brass laver that the priest washed their hands in. Life? No, well, kind of in one sense. The word of God. The word of God is called water. Now let's look at Ephesians 5.26 to help you get back to that one. Thank you, Lord. That's the answer to a question. 5.26. That he might sanctify and cleanse it. This is talking about Jesus with the church. That he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of the water by the word. Okay. So the word represents the cleansing agent for us, okay? What is being washed here? The inner, inward part, okay? All the parts where the stomach and the liver and the, and the kidneys are, which in the Jewish mindset was the seat of the emotions. That is where you, your real being of who we are sits in their, kind, in their connotation in our guts. We would say guts. You know, uh, that's where they said this is where the real person sits. Okay, the offering washed all of that area. So what is he doing? He's washing the innermost part of us. It's a symbolic, but he's washing it with water. The water is the word. How do we wash our inner inner parts? We get into God's word. We let Him change the way we think, the way we act, because the word washes us. The word changes us the word transforms us or as in Romans 12 it metamorphs us which which is if you think about metamorphosis that we think about a butterfly going in as a caterpillar ugly caterpillar and coming out as a beautiful butterfly and that's God's description of us he does a metamorphosis on us he says you're going in as an ugly stinking sinner and coming out as Jesus Christ Okay, and the word of God is what helps get us there. So we just want to bring that up because this, this is critical. They're washing the inner parts. They're also washing the, uh, his legs. What do the legs represent for the cow? What's a cow do? This is real simple. This isn't even spiritual. What is a, the ability. What, what does a cow do on its legs? Walks. Walks. Oh, he walks. He walks. He wears some, too. Well, we may do that, too, but they use their legs to walk. Huh? So he's washing the innards for the inner being, and he's washing the legs for walk. And it's symbolizing the fact that we want our walk to be washed and cleaned. The way we think and the way we walk. Thank you for fixing that for me, because I was looking at it a different way. And okay. I was wrong. So God is wanting, God doesn't want us just to start thinking correctly. He wants us to step out and do correct things in the process. 
Now, how we do that? We get into the Word of God, and He'll tell us what we are to do and how we are to act. So this is all a big sim- symbolism. And then they've taken, put those on the fire, and then they then they're burnt. You know, the and the and the priest shall burn all on the altar to be a burnt sacrifice, an offering made by fire of a sweet savor unto the Lord. And what does that mean? This is something that I have always wondered about and today when I was studying sweet does not mean sweet in the way we're thinking about it it means that it is soothing quieting and tranquilizing it is a sweet it's like the sound of sweet music when you listen to you know music that you really like that is is going to just make you calm down and and relax so this sweet here is not referring to the taste but the what it does and it's basically saying that when God smells this offering this voluntary offering that says I am fully committing myself to you God I want to be 100% submitted to you God smells that sacrifice and he is soothed and quiet tranquilized toward that person it is part of, we've talked about the atonement and everything he is quieted to that person it has nothing to do with the smell it doesn't really, it, it's a hard attitude, but it is what is done. And I think the, the best thing that I can say is, you know, some people listen to music that will just quiet them down. And sometimes they'll say, this music is just so sweet. It, it mellows me out. I just relax. Uh, and that's what he's saying. It is, it is the, a smell that just God smells it and says, oh, this, I just love what this person's doing. You know, and it, it just relaxes him and, and says, I love this person in a greater and deeper way. And uh, that whole idea of tranquilizing his anger to him. So part of it is that atonement. Does that make sense? Yes. You seem very pensive, so I just want to make sure. No, just again and again it. and again, this last couple, this last month, how precious is my Savior, how precious is our Lord. Just so just so sweet, so loving, so kind. And and it's the same one that's been blowing apart for seven years. But look. Well, seven years of a thousand years. But look what he has put up with waiting for what he asked Daniel and Ezekiel. I'm angry. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And then he turns to them both and says, what if they were just with his gentleness. What a mighty God we can serve. Yep. Yep. Hey, verse 10. We'll get into the next next sacrifice, which is the same sacrifice, just the next layer of old down. And if his offering be of the flocks, namely the sheep or of the goats, for a burnt offering, he shall bring it a male without blemish. All right, so he's going to bring a male again. And this is from the flock. And even in, even in Moses' day, shepherds were not the top of the totem pole. All right? Shepherds have never, you know, sheep have never been the, the number one animal that they want to be dealing with. What were? Well, cattle were better because they didn't totally strip out all of your, all of your ground. Uh, but shepherds were not trustworthy because they worked on the Sabbath. They stunk. Sheep, sheep are pretty stinky animals compared to cows. Cows have their stench, but nothing compared to, to goats and sheep. They were usually outside the camp keeping their flocks. And shepherds were not really trustworthy because how did you account for them? Because you were not around everybody. The shepherds smell like sheep did. Well, they smell like sheep anyway, and sheep are not the smell. Yeah. In verse 11, And he shall kill it on the side of the altar, northward before the Lord, and the priest Aaron's son shall sprinkle the blood around about upon the altar. Now I want you to note this one. The, the cow, the, the steer, did not have a place that it had to be killed. The lamb has to be killed on the north side of the altar. Because he stinks? Huh? Because he stinks? Nope. Okay, why? 
<laughs> Jesus is the Lamb of God. He was crucified on Calvary, and Calvary is to the north of the temple. So the lamb, when they brought in a lamb, it had to be crucified, it had to be killed on the north side of the altar because it was a picture of Jesus' death. Don't that just make you want to fall down and grab a hold of his feet and love on him and cry and pain and sorrow and thank you all at the same time? Well, when you see the specifics, how specific these, these sacrifices get, to the picture of Jesus, it is amazing. And wait till we get to the bird. You think there's nothing in the bird, but there's a beautiful picture in the bird of Jesus' death. I don't know about beautiful, but a picture of Jesus in the, in, in the bird. Look, see, the, so the lamb is killed on the north side of the altar. The blood is sprinkled around the altar just like the just like the, uh, the, the cattle. All right. Verse 12, And he shall cut it into his pieces with his head and his fat, and the priest shall lay them in order upon the wood that is on the fire, which is upon the altar. Now, does anybody notice that there's something different about this one that's different from the cattle offering? The skin? They didn't skin the lamb. The lamb is not skinned, okay? The, because Jesus' flesh, while he was beat and he was cut for us, they did not skin him. So he's, this lamb, being the picture of Jesus, is not skinned. Where is the skinned one? The flayed, the, remember we talked oh, about the flaying of the, of, the, yeah. of the cattle, all right? So this, the lamb is not flayed. He is cut up. Because he's going to be burnt. And they want to make it quicker to burn him because you don't, you know, if you try to burn the whole thing, it would take a long time. So they cut it up. Where is it not played? In 11 or 12? 12. Well, both 11 and 12. I mean, okay. between 10 and ten and, four and 13, which is all about the lamb, there's no flaying of the lamb. All right? But then again, they say, you shall wash the innards and the legs with water, and the priest shall bring it all and burn it on the altar. It is a burnt offering made by fire, a sweet savor unto the Lord. Okay? So again, we see the picture of the washing, the washing of the word upon this sacrifice. Is it because Jesus is the symbol of the lamb? The lamb is the symbol of Jesus. Jesus, Jesus is the lamb of God. So yes. Yep. Plus, it might be harder to skin a lamb. I don't know, but that could be the practical part of it, but... But it is a picture of Jesus as well. So it's it is he's killed on the north side, bloodshed onto the altar, and then consumed. Because Jesus was totally consumed for us. He became sin. He totally died for us. At the Father's request, he submitted himself to the Father. Okay? And most of, the, most of the Christian sites say that this, off, this offering represents consuming. The Jews rep, represent this as a submissive offering. I'm sub, making myself submitted to God, which basically is the same thing. But they use a different terminology between the two. You're going to, at this point, you're going to submit yourself to us. We're going to submit ourselves to you. Right. Well, in, in, like I said, the, in most of the Christian texts, they say that we are consumed by God. We, we totally have given up our life, which gets into us. We are crucified with Christ. We are dead to ourselves. We are dead to our sin. Okay. And so from a Christian perspective, we're looking at the fact that this sacrifice is the part that strips us of our flesh, strips us of who we are so that we can live through Christ. For the Jews, it was an act of submission. God, I am offering this. I want to be submitted to you. I'm, I'm act, it's an act of submission. So this would be a sacrifice that Nebuchadnezzar, for example, towards the end of his life, that he understood it would have wanted to give. Possibly. Now this sacrifice was not... I want to remember one thing about this. Burnt sacrifices and all of this submission and... And atonement was not new to the Jews. 
And it has not only been done by the Jews, it's done by every religion through this up to this point. Why? Because Adam and Eve sinned and God provided skins for them. All right? So he made the first sacrifice and set the fact that sacrifice was the way to come to him and be submitted to him and, and be atoned. Okay, so this is out everywhere and we've always got to remember, I love Genesis, the first 11 chapters of Genesis because it is the foundation for everything else that goes on in the Bible and in the world. Okay, and there's a lot of people who go, well, where did sacrifice come from? How did they come up with this idea of sacrifice? Well, it's all very clear. Yeah, and it doesn't say that God sacrificed an animal, but he said he provided skins for them. And I really do not believe that God just conjured up a bunch of skins and said, here's your skins. I believe that he showed them the extremeness of the cost of what they did by showing them the first death in the garden was going to be the the animal that gave provided their skins or animals. And he's so clean that the pollution of that dead animal should should have been destroyed with fire. Yeah. And I don't know what I don't know how they what the process of that was, but but God I think it was a the shockingness of this that says you've done this, now you're gonna find out what death is all about because we have to kill an animal, because blood has to be shed and the skin has to come from something and it's going to come from the animal. Can you imagine having to do that to one of your cats or one of my dogs? No. Well, I don't need more than one day. But, but those were cat. Abraham, I mean, those were Adam's babies. Yeah. Yeah. He raised them and took care of them and named them. Yes, please. Yep, and that would have been, these were, these were, these animals and Adam when they were killed would have been very special to him. You know, like you said, he just named them and we don't know how long they were in the garden. Uh, I've had people speculate it could have been hundreds and thousands of years. I don't think it was that long because there were no children involved in, before the fall. I believe the fall happened fairly quickly. Uh, and, you know, no more than a year or two is my personal opinion. But what would those kids have been like? Uh, okay. We don't even want to go there. All right. <laughs> because that is exactly the reason why I do not believe it was a long period of time to have two different... You know, what, 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 are the, what, what happens with the kids when the parents fall? You know, then you have perfect kids being kicked out of the garden for no reason. Yeah. It just, that is why I do not believe that it was a long period of time because they were encouraged to be fruitful and multiply. And if they were doing, their, doing what they were told to do, then I believe it was a very short period of time that they spent in the garden with God. Well, at that time, I don't think he cared because it wasn't necessarily Jesus at that point. It was after the fall that it became a big deal. All right, so we've made it through the sheep. It's, it's burnt. It's a sweet savor. It is that same smell that says God is satisfied. It, 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 it calms him. Okay. And if the burnt off sacrifice for his offering of the Lord be of the fowls, he shall bring his offering of turtle doves or of young pigeons. Now, one thing about turtle doves and pigeons, they're easy to find, okay, and fairly easy to catch if you have even a small net. They don't run away very fast. You know, they, even in today's world, pigeons and doves do not, you can put food you know, in your yeah, you put food in your hand a lot of times, and, the, and wild ones will come to you. Especially so. if there's cat food out there. <laughs> yeah, hey, I got some cat food, baby, come here. I got all the doves with you know, my arm. And if you have a small net, you can get, you can get, yeah. you can get pigeons and doves all you want. So. Selling doves. Five, six, uh, so this is the offering for the extreme poor people. The priest shall bring it to the altar and wring the, off his neck and burn, the, burn it on the altar and the blood thereof shall be wrung from the sides uh, at the sides of the altar. Okay, so this is the only animal that's not being killed by the person who offers it. Okay. It's handed to the priest, and the priest goes to the altar, probably because it doesn't have a whole lot to burn or a lot to, a lot of blood in the bird, and he wrings the neck of the bird. And, and then does he just wring the blood out of it? Yeah, that's what it's going to say. That's what it says. Rings the neck off, so he's separating the head from the bird. He puts the, the bird's head on the fire, 
and basically rings, rings, the, rings the blood out. Because that's what it says. The blood shall be wrung out at the side of the altar. So basically, he's squeezing the blood out of the bird. All right? Huh? Verse 16. And he shall pluck away his crop with his feathers and cast it beside the altar to the east side part by the place of the ashes. Okay. Who knows what part of the bird is represented by the crop? It is the right up underneath where it is. It would be right up around their neck. They're plucking the feathers off the neck. Isaiah 50, verse 6. For some reason, I'm having a hard time. There it is. I gave my back to the smiters and my cheeks to them that plucked off the hair. I hid not my face from shame or spitting. Oh my Lord. This bird is the picture of Jesus' beard being pulled from him. Okay? That's what I said. Each one of these has a separate offering, a separate part of the sacrifice that it represents about Jesus. So it represents his beard being plucked away. Think also about when they wrung the bird's neck. You have a circle of blood at the top representing the crown of thorns that the bird is, you know, you've taken the head off, but you have that circle that represents at the top the crown of thorns that Jesus is going to bear. <laughs> see, the whole picture, we're going to see this as we go through all these different offerings all through, we're going to see the picture of Jesus. The picture of Jesus as we go through these. So they, they take the feathers and cast it to the east side of the altar. The east side of the altar is where they piled up all the carcasses and the skins that were going to be taken outside the camp to be burnt, to be burnt outside the camp. And the ashes would be, it would be on the east side of the altar, they piled up all this stuff and they carried it outside the camp, outside the camp, to be burnt. And Jesus was crucified outside of the temple at the cross. Like garbage. As garbage, and that's what it's like. These feathers that are representing the preciousness of his beard and is cast aside as garbage. Just as Jesus was, as far as the Jew Romans were concerned, he was garbage. He's just a body. He was taken outside the camp, crucified, and then his body buried in a tomb with, and he was crucified with the thieves and then buried in a tomb of a rich person on the side, but basically treated as garbage. Now, get rid of the body, do whatever you want with it, is what they were saying, and this is that picture. The bird is that picture of the casting aside of Jesus. And then it says, you shall cleave it with the wings thereof, but you shall not divide it asunder. Now, usually when you see the word two, it's talking about the testaments of God. The new and the old. The bird was cleaved, not completely cleaved, because the testaments are not totally separate, but it represents the new covenant and the old covenant, or the old covenant and the new, if you want to look at it that way. The old covenant of the law and the atonement of the total sacrifice that we would be looking at, bringing us into a new covenant with God, a new relationship with God that we could come before him on. And then that was burnt upon the altar, upon the wood of the fire. It is a burnt sacrifice, an offering made by fire, a sweet savor. Now notice one, what, what other thing about this one did, did not happen. Anything? Did you notice what didn't happen with the bird? They didn't wash the lady. They didn't wash it. The bird is not washed. And you hit, you hit on it, Annie. It is being treated as garbage. Everything about it, it you know, the, the feathers are being pulled off of its throat area and being thrown away. 
This is the total submission. It is the flesh from us being thrown away because of this fire or burnt away. This is not the service one. This is one that says, I am just going to be submitted and it's basically being treated in the, in the most cavalier way. You know, we're gonna just throw away the feathers. And they split, they split it down, right down through and, and split it in half. Representing that new, still representing the new life, but it's still representing the word because it is the, it's being split in two as the testaments are. So it still represents the word, but it's not representing the washing power of the word other than it's the idea of the new and the old, the old and the new testament. And he doesn't need to be regenerated because he because it's representing him as the word. All right. Uh, let's see. Anything else I wanted to bring up out of this? Uh, I got notes all over the place. I got them all over my Bible too. <laughs> But yet, it finishes up here with, it is a burnt sacrifice, meaning the bird. Yes. An offering made by fire of a sweet savor unto the Lord. Yes. His son is. Yep. And this is why it is that picture of Jesus. All of it is the picture, it is originally a picture of Jesus, but it is also a picture of what we're wanting to do through this sacrifice. It is the picture of Jesus saying, I am giving my all to be consumed by the Father because the Father desires to do it. Okay? And this is what we've got to remember. The Father is the one that made the offering of Jesus. But Jesus took it willingly upon himself, but it was the, he's doing the Father's will. He's doing what the Father has done as a free will gift to buy us back. Okay. Remember that the, when, when Jesus was sacrificed, it was God saying, I'm going to do this because this is what it takes to buy my people back. And we've talked about this. At any point, God could have said, well, these guys really screwed up. I don't want to have anything to do with them. I'm just going to destroy them all. And start over again. And start all over again. I have the power to start all over again. You know, and I don't want to have to, you know, son, I don't want to have to have you be sacrificed. I don't want to be separated from you because you become sin. I don't want you to die. The father could have said that. Right from the beginning. Jesus could have said it at any point. It would not, there's nothing that would have been wrong with Jesus saying, Father, they're just not worth it. Take me back home and we'll just get rid of them and start all over again. Either one of them could have said that. You know, the Father, but Jesus submitted himself to the Father to be that sacrifice that was wholly consumed to buy us and bring us back into atonement, which goes into that first one where you lay your hands upon it and put your very life upon the animal. So we have three pictures. The cow with the, 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 the cattle, our whole life being put on him. Our whole life being put on him and consumed. Jesus putting down his, his deity so that he would be consumed. The lamb killed on the north side of the, of the altar, representing the, the, the actual sacrifice for Jesus that atoned us, the bird who is just the symbol of the testaments that says, here I am, here I am. All right, any questions? We reached the end of the chapter and I really don't want to go into the next one because there's only 10 minutes left. So any, any questions or thoughts? Keep that the cattle, the sheep, and the bird. Uh-huh. And how did you decide what you were going to offer out of those three? By how old? By how wealthy you were. By how wealthy you were. Now, if you were a rich man and had cattle, you didn't go take a, a pigeon to the to the bird sacrifice. That wasn't that wasn't an offering to. Well, can, to can you offer more than one? <laughs> you could offer more than one, I'm sure, but you you weren't going to offer. You know, this literally was. I mean, you're you're saying I want to be submitted to God, so that means if you were rich, you weren't going to bring a dove in. Yeah, but on the other hand, what what used to we love if you sacrificed all three, it's irrelevant. Right. It's a it's a sick it's a sign it's a showing. But only Jesus could lay down His life for you. Right. You you wouldn't do more than one at any one time. You might do it every day of the week or something to show you're being submitted and and the picture. But you're not going to do more than one at any one visit. Besides the fact that you're you're having to do a lot. 
You know, if you're offering a cattle, you've got to skin the thing and cut it up. And if you're offering a sheep, you've got to cut it up. The, you could offer the dove because the, the priest does most of the work. But even then, you had to pull the feathers. Now, when they are doing all of that, isn't there kind of like a rivulet place for the blood to run down into the Valley of Kidron? In the tabernacle, that is not true. It was just poured to the side. In the temple of Jerusalem, yes, there, there, was a, there was a little trough that ran down, down the hillside into the river Kidron, which was always red. Well, don't they just scald the chicken or pigeon real fast and the feathers come off? Either? Not this here. Here you're plucking it. Just as Jesus' beard was plucked off. So yes, if you're if you're a, if you're a butcher, yeah, you 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 scald it real quick and the feathers come off pretty easy. Yeah, I've done that. But that's not what was happening it wasn't here. Wasn't a happy sight when you see the blood come out. I can see how they could wring a lot of blood. Yeah, it's a lot of blood. They bleed a lot when you're picking their feathers off. No. Oh. When you wring no, their neck. When you wring the neck. Oh yeah, I know my neighbor did it. Yeah, when the, when the when a chicken when a chicken is when the chicken is uh, has its neck wrung it. Or cut off whichever you do. Yeah, uh, blood the blood goes everywhere for a while. In horror, not knowing, I watched. We didn't eat chicken for a while. <laughs> I had to do it for my neighbor. Yeah. She couldn't do it for her pets. Yeah, my mom talked about wringing the chickens' necks and watching them run around the yard after their heads were taken off. And came yeah. Off. Boy, I tell you, Granny Smith lived next uh, door to me. She would have hurt you if you let that chicken because she said that bruised the meat. So there. Yeah, we so, run around. I don't know how she did it, but she wrung that chicken's neck and she did it fast. So the chicken wouldn't suffer. And, okay. and then she did something and she hung that chicken on the clothesline. Yeah. <laughs> Upside down. So, Upside down. So anyway, that, that's our first sacrifice. I'm hoping you're going to see how Jesus and all these sacrifices and how how they were related to the people as they went through. And let's go ahead and close in prayer. And then we can talk to if you want. Lord, we just thank you for this evening. We thank you for each person that's here and for, for just the beauty of the sacrifice, a voluntary sacrifice to bring us to submission to you and to be able to see how you were submitted to the cross to the Father who voluntarily offered you. And we just thank you in your son's name. Amen.